All right, so DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Yep. Okay, so we're on like attempt eighty fucking seven of trying to record. Getting this. I fucking sewed thing a little. Recorded. I sewed a little condom for our microphone out of batting, which is like a, a thin cotton stuffing material because I can't find the foam that usually covers the microphone, and our levels were too high because Ari and I have just piercing fucking voices. Scree. Um, inescapable. I was trying to, I was pretending to stab somebody. I found an axe! Oh, alright, so. Um, oh god. Um, well, we were trying to do an opening bit, and Ari mentioned Silky Nutmeg Ganache's. That Barbie Barbie and Ken lip sync was so fucking good. That was unique and iconic. No, here's the thing. I don't have the energy to watch an entire episode of RuPaul. Of RuPaul Charles. <laughs> RuPaul. RuPaul Charles's dragging race. Um, I only have time to watch the RuCap. RuPaul's dragon race. RuPaul's dragon race. Okay, now here's the thing. Is that not the coolest? I we have it on the ranch. The, the yeah. It's it's held on the ranch. <laughs> oh, the fracking ranch. <laughs> You know, I'm kind of surprised RuPaul hasn't shown up on an episode of Legends. Uh, I, you know, if uh, they can't afford him, they just That's probably can't. true. They just can't. Trixie, maybe. No offense to Trixie, but at this point, RuPaul is like an entertainment mogul. TM, is this still recording? It is still recording. Yeah. It just see, it doesn't. Oh, okay. I was like, oh god. Um, I was like, if I have to do this fucking opening bit again. I'm gonna start fucking biting people. Um, so I have, I have a fun clue story to tell about. Do you want to talk about how much we hate spider, the Spider-Man? Oh God, I already got mad about him. Here's the thing. I think at this point. Since you got mad at it the first time, now when we talk about it this time, we can just, we can talk about it like rational. No, I don't want to because I'm so sick of people. I'm just, I'm so sick of, I'm so sick of, I'm so fucking sick of Marvel movies. Can I just say that? I'm so sick of them. We all are. I'm so sick to fucking death of them. I'm so sick, and I'm so fucking sick of live action being sort of held up like it's the superior medium, regardless of how actually good the animated inspiration for it comes from, because this is something that happens a lot and across all different mediums. actually happened with Perfect Blue, which I know we were actually talking about in terms of comparisons to this episode. Um, where Darren Aronofsky basically conned Satoshi Kon, uh, no pun intended, he basically fucked Satoshi Kon out of um, live action rights to Perfect Blue and just made Black Swan, even though it's not actually a movie that Satoshi Kon's estate gets any benefits or royalties from, because it's still enough of an original production. And we have a source on this, it's just that it's in Japanese, so American media outlets don't really report on it much because it's in Japanese, and I guess they can't be bothered to hire a translator. And this happens so often with animation that it just legitimately pisses me off to see another fucking shitty live action. I'm so sick of live action Marvel. I'm so sick of. I'm just so sick of it. I'm so sick of Marvel. Um, I'm sick of DC too. In fact, I'm sick of comic books. But we're still here. But I am sick to goddamn fucking death of like the live action Marvel formula at this point. And I am so angry that they stole Miles' storyline and they stole his, you know, his friends for Peter Parker and that Peter Parker looks like he's seven years old, but they're trying to do the plot line where he fucking sells his marriage off. Like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Why are we also doing literally, I would argue maybe the most hated Spider-Man plot line apart from the clone saga, because the issue with the clone saga 
in terms of sales and public reception was not actually people hating it from the outset. It was people liking it and then a bunch of shit going on that dragged the plot line out. Or the Spider-Man clone saga? You've never heard of the Spider-Man clone saga? No, I've never heard of the Rachel, what the shit? How? I don't, I it's never, such an infamous... I actually don't really know a lot of Spider-Man stuff. It was I don't that. either. He's not my favorite Marvel superhero by far, but this is like infamous for being a fucking disaster. It's really funny because I just have never really gotten in. I love Black Cat. Uh-huh. But I've never really gotten into Spider-Man. No, me, again, me either. But, like, it's just one of those things where from, like, if you're interested in sort of the history of comics, it comes up because it was such a goddamn tire fire. Um, it really is such a fucking mess. But it started out with, like, <laughs> overall positive reviews. People were enjoying it. But it just well overstayed its welcome. One More Day isn't like that. One More Day was hated from the get-go. Every decision relating to One More Day was pretty much universally loathed afterwards. And I have not seen many people try to actively defend it. And certainly not now that it's been basically retconned out of existence. Um in a sort of weird backdoor way, but it was so stupid from the outset. No one liked it. And then they went, I'm going to make a Spider-Man movie based on this. And also like the most uniformly universally beloved Spider-Man movie, because we don't actually give a shit that the perfect Spider-Man movie already exists because if it's not live action, it doesn't count. It's like, I hate a black protagonist. It doesn't matter. That too. This is not me trying to ignore the racial element here. It is absolutely, it's just not my place to really harp on it outside of, yes, that's absolutely what they're doing. And I hate it here. Um, but yeah, it does piss me off. It's something that was as, that was such a work of, a hard work, labor of love, aesthetically perfect, technically perfect, just fucking incredible movie is, and they think that their tepid, lukewarm, tepid, sorry, tepid, lukewarm adaptation is going to fucking matter in the grand scheme of things. I love the white Spider-Man defenders online that are like, no, Into the Spider-Verse was actually a comic that was done with Peter, like the, and I'm like, nobody cares. Nobody's talking about that. What's actually, when it comes to definitive adaptations, Into the Spider-Verse is still way more important. Um, I actually thought it would be really funny if they did do the clone saga, but it's just with all the different versions of Peter across the universes who are just playing clones. That seems like they might be doing it. That would be funnier in terms of like, no, like literally like they don't, they don't call them alternate Peters. They just literally use Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire as Peter Man, Peter, Peter Man, as Peter Man clones. And they never, never discuss it. Never, never bring up. Also the spider ship, the spider jet can travel through time. This is never explained. Um, and I know what you're thinking. Why are you talking about Spider-Man movies? And my answer is because, like, fuck it, man. Because, like, we have to talk about comics media in order to stay relevant. Otherwise, people are going to think we're not with it. Hey, I, how dare you when we broke the Neopets unconverted drama story? Um, but what does that have to do with I am an entertainment books? fucking journalist, goddammit. I am, you're a fucking newsman, John, and if I ever <laughs> tell you otherwise, punch me in the fucking face. Which is such a great scene because they are all celebrating that a woman did get shot in the head. Right, yeah, because that was the um, Gabby Giffords. Um, God, it's terrible that I still remember that, huh? Yeah. Again, politics is fucking political. I think of that line from Transmetropolitan a lot where they're like, political journalism is like herpes. I'm trying to get rid of it, it comes back. And I'm like, yeah. Um, but, uh... I mean, here's, and here's the other thing. is like, I, oh God, I mean, I guess what we're going to be focusing on a bit here is also just like, as we go into talking about these Legends episodes, because we're going to have to talk considerable amount about John and his plot and why it's headed the way it is, mm-hmm. 
You know, who's making the decisions for Kate Media? Why are they being made? Um, who, who is this for? Who is this for? Is Why the is it? I mean, question. if I had to summarize Kate Media, and this is, and I know we watch DC's Legends of Tomorrow, but just like the person on Twitter who said MCU fans have got to be just the like easiest to fucking please people. Like, what is I love you three thousand? That's garbage. That's nothing. And, I mean, I think you get a lot of that with Legends fans as well when someone has a one-off and you're like, what the fuck is that? Well, it's also one of those things, too, I think about in terms of this larger... Is Mama. When we talk... This is garbage. Mama, this is garbage. But it is truly, when we talk about, like, cape media and we talk about, like... I almost want to talk about in terms of mainstream fandom where it's like, shit like I love you 3000 is stupid. It's nothing. It's garbage. It is literally just a signifier. It is a way to let other people know that you've seen this movie. And maybe that used to, like, count for something when it came to actual like nerdy references maybe some people like the idea of tony being a heterosexual and having a child that's with a woman disgusting that's 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 how dare you blocked 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 get out of my house no and i know what you're thinking how can pepper Potts be asked to raise another child if she's already married tony and the no, answer that's, is that's that's the marvel deal you hates make women you, i mean yes that's the deal you make when you marry an italian american man which is why i don't think you should do it um hey pasta fizzle. hey bada bing but um it's one of those things where it's like Maybe that used to matter for more obscure, smaller stuff. Um, the comic equivalent of I like your shoelaces. But we don't need to do that anymore because of how fucking incredibly... Saturated our media is. Especially with Marvel stuff in particular. Especially with big name Marvel stuff like that in particular. Yeah, maybe me making like a reference to fucking, I don't know, Animal Man. Might Animal still Man! Be, Animal Man might still be necessary because like, who the fuck knows who that is? Um, but... No one needs to... It's assumed that you know who these characters are and that you have some enjoyment of them. You don't need these cutesy little, like, fandom shirts for them because it, it, it's too saturated. It's sort of like saying... It's no longer... It, it is no longer the niche market that I think people want to treat it like. No. And, and there especially are still because... niche aspects of it, which is why I think we get all this weird fandom drama because, like, it's one of those things now, especially in the current days... Where it's like, there are a lot of people in fandom right now who are mostly just there because they like this property and then they think this is something that they want to do. And then they actually see the stuff in fandom that's like weird or transformative. And they're like, oh, I don't like this because that's not for everybody. That's that's fine. But fandom is being increasingly market, marketed and sort of it's a selling point for yeah. these things when the nature of fandom is honestly a little more... <sighs> should not be this easy to market and sell to people. So we have the unfortunate issue where now corporations are aware of fandom and are trying to market it to people or trying to market sort of the aesthetics of it more so than the actual act of it to people who would not otherwise be in fandom, but feel like they have to be because Disney told them to tweet with the hashtag Loki or whatever the fuck. And that is so fucking exhausting. Um, I am so tired. This is exhausting every day. This is not me going, ugh, I liked it better when it was underground. Because, like, sometimes things getting popular is okay. And then sometimes you're watching the first couple episodes of Steven Universe and going, this is such a fun and creative show. I love cartoons. This is a really fantastic step forward in terms of narrative storytelling. I can't wait until more people hear about the show. Maybe we'll all have fun talking about it together. So if you're wondering why it happened, it's because Ari said that. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry because I did think that legitimately because like, I just like cartoons, man. I just like cartoons. And then now it makes me, this is a complete, it makes me so sad that now that has turned into a shorthand for like, 
a certain type of queer person or like is an insult because I'm like, what? What did it ever do to deserve that? This isn't even necessarily about the merits of it versus because I'm like I'm not. I think it's more about the fandom than what the show itself. But that bums me out so much because it is such a shame that the fandom got so bad and so big that like now it's become shorthand for a very specific kind of toxic person that does not actively even really reflect the narratives or themes of the show. Thankfully, DC's Legends of Tomorrow has a fan base small enough that this will never really be a big problem. And that's how we segue back into Legends of Tomorrow. Let's get into the fucking episode. I'm trying to iron something. I was actually gonna play a video game, but you are more than welcome to play because you can do that on mute. So you can have it and then maybe pass the controller. I don't yes. know. Um, it's on breath mode, so you just gotta press it. We are gonna get sued. I mean, actually, technically, no, wait, that's not right. I don't even think I'm doing it correctly. You are, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, and I'm talking over it, so. Again, I want to say to anybody who may be a professional listening to this that you guys have done enough shit where I will report you to Disney if I so much as get a whiff that you you want to do, that you want to report us to Nintendo or Disney or whoever does Joseph Joseph's Bizarre Adventure. Well, that's actually the thing is that Warner Brothers owns Warner Brothers owns JoJo in terms of licensing rights in America. Do you know what this means? I, 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 yeah. Well, actually, that was the thing where people were like, well, how the fuck are we going to have the Bohemian Rhapsody fight? Because it's all, like, Disney-based, and Warner Brothers owns, like, Lucky Land Productions, right to... Man, it, it's some stupid copyright black magic. You see, when you play Dark Side, shut up. Just shut the shut fuck up. up. Shut the fuck up. But, um, I would... First off, it would be really funny if they just went full, like, knockoff. Or if they just said, fuck it, we're doing Bugs Bunny and the Animaniacs. I would absolutely love seeing the Warners. And also, I really want them to animate the Bohemian Raps. I know because David Pro has done all the animation for the blah, blah, blah. I want them to license it out to an American studio for just that one episode. Because that would be so much fun. Please. I would fucking love that. Is this a fight that happens in part six? Yeah. Okay. Because I had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, I know you didn't know what I was talking about. It's fine. Um, it's, it's, it's okay. I finally, even though you're, you're, a, I finally fucking bullied you into watching the Notorious B.I.G. fight. Cause I was like, if you like Trish so much, you probably, she's, it's one of those things where I'm like, damn, on one level, you literally only get one goddamn fight in this whole fucking series. On the other level, you are the one person who has killed a literally otherwise completely invincible stand. And it's not really a fair trade-off. Why didn't you just put it in the jar? They threw it in the ocean. It sort of worked itself out. Fuck it. You know, I'm just saying. Fucking, they didn't put it in a jar because it wouldn't have been as fun. Well, that is a good point. Sometimes you have to, and people are like, well, why didn't they do it? And it's like, because the answer is, it was more fun to do it this way. I mean, for the love of God, if movies don't stop fucking kowtowing to the worst Please, channel of, of all the time. Worst, of the worst breed of critic. I, it's one of those things where I guess we can lay the blame at a lot of this for cinema sins, but now it is, it's not just that this YouTube channel exists. It's that people are now believing that this is the way to do criticism. And thankfully, you won't get any of that shit here. We do whatever the opposite of that is. <laughs> we Does just... this mean that we are bad at our jobs? No. God, I hope so. I mean, listen, I am an entertainment journalist. I broke the Neopets on Converted. <laughs> I am an entertainment journalist. It's 
incidentally, they are slowly implementing. They have recently announced, continuing on my tradition of uh, breaking the story, I guess. They recently announced that they're taking some time to implement it because Neopets can never fucking do anything on time, even though they said, hey, after the Altador Cup, we're totally going to put them in, guys. It's been two months because it's Neopets. Because it's fucking Neopets. Because this site doesn't work and this game is stupid, but unconverted Neopet drama, I have to see it through. Do I even really play it that often anymore? No. Do I just want to see this insane batshit drama through? Yes, absolutely. I owe it to my nine-year-old self. Um. So what actually happened this episode? Okay, so well, we're, we're doing another double feature, but in our defense, we also had FlameCon this weekend. We will post links of the two panels we did online when they're uploaded onto FlameCon's YouTube channel. We both had a great time at those, and they are both... In any case, um, I thought so. The sheep and the gays, um, because my brain is bad. But uh, Tom right. Marston's homosexual sheep. I mean, yes. Um, so it's one of those things where one when I was, I actually have really fond memories of playing Clue as a kid a couple times. They were a good time. Love the movie. Yes. Okay. There was the so one we're time covering. Hold on, sorry. I have wanted to tell this. It's such a simple story. Can I just tell this fucking well, story? It's a six. It's the twelfth episode of the sixth season called Their Wolf. Their castle, which I was very proud of for coming up with, because the board game they play. I thought is... you were about to say their wolf be blood, and I was like, oh okay. That's also very good, actually. Fuck. Their wolf be blood. Their wolf. Okay, I guess it's their wolf be blood. No, because this episode it was also called one of them is called there will be brood this season. Fucking we can't. It. So it has to be their wolf, their castle. That's fine. I was just like, oh hey, here's a. Oh shit, dude. Oh my god, a man just died. Hello, sir. Well, there's nothing I can do about that, unfortunately. I'm just going to keep riding on. That was fucking weird. I mean, it seems like he got shot pretty bad. I mean, ugh. Ugh. Ugh, indeed. Okay. Jeez, okay. So, their wolf, their castle. And then we're going to be doing, after that, the 13th episode of the sixth season, which we were going to call, Oh My God, Anne Rule Has Her AirPods In. That's that's way too long. I thought, I thought it was going to be Anne Rule Had Her AirPods In. The stranger beside me, the bishop beside I me. I was thinking the bishop, but I was like, I don't really know if that's gonna. I, uh, is wait. that too close? It's too close. Um, is it too? Is it too? Uh, it's. I am sick and goddamn tired of this plotline, and so is so is Dominic Purcell. Necrian Row. Necrian R O E like salmon row. Ooh. Fish eggs. I hate this plotline. We're we not even just there call, yet. We I hate just call this it fish line. eggs. Ew. Freddy the Fish. Freddy the Fish. I love Freddy the Fish, but uh, this is... All right, we'll come up with the title for that one later. Ari, please tell us your Clue story. Thank you. It's just, it's a simple one. It was just funny because I remember it's one of those things where we were playing Clue during, like, the peak of quarantine. We were playing board games every night just to keep everyone from fucking killing each other. Um, And we were playing Clue, and my youngest brother did not understand the rules of it in the slightest. So he was just yelling out, like, he literally just kept yelling the same murder solution every time it was his turn. Like, he was, like, convinced, like, this guy, this, pi-, like, he was, like, I think it was Colonel Mustard lead pipe pool room, and it was not this. And we kept trying to explain this to him, and without fail, every goddamn time it was his turn, he just said it again anyway. And it was started, it was funny the first couple times, got really annoying, and then it was just really funny, because when I, I mean, like, every single fucking turn. And I don't even remember anything about the game, it was just at that point, it was just legitimately funny to watch him do that. And it was, like, I actually really liked playing board games during quarantine it was a good time um it is fun to play board games uh i guess that's merely the moral of this episode but also i am thou thou art i 
Um, uh, like, no, because I, I was going to say a, a pun like board games, but the episode title actually is Board on Board on Board or something. Guy, it's the hilarious guy on Guy. It's the hilarious guy which, on Guy. Which kind of, oh, no! Okay, well, You sir. know why you're in the, when you're in the middle of nowhere and you get jumped by the fucking Murphy brood? It happens to the best of us. Um, thank God I... Thank God that Noom. one that one gunslinger has the fucking Mauer pistol, which is a really powerful gun that you don't actually unlock until much later in the game, unless you kill the dude. Hooray. Um, so we were... It's actually really funny that this episode, this episode duology happened around this time, because yeah. I got Persona 5 Royal on sale, because I've just been waiting for it to go on sale, because I'm... And also because, you know what? I didn't feel like playing through a 90-hour RPG again that recently. Um, and also I haven't been able to play much because of my hands. So like now I'm slowly starting to get to the point where I can play, um, trying to figure out where my limits are and blah, blah, blah. You don't, you guys don't care about this. That's all right. I'm doing better basically, which is nice. Um, I care. I know you care, but you know this. Well, I watched Ari play through Persona 5 the first time. So I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen. Uh, the biggest changes. Well, yeah, there's a big palace at the end that like, it was one of those things where I knew exactly whose palace it was. And then I accidentally got, I was like, I already knew whose palace this was because the narrative is I not. I got a spoiler for that as well. But the way I got a spoiler is perhaps very different from how you got a spoiler. Yeah, no, it was one of those things. I'm going to say it and I'm going to bleep it out. No, I want, no, 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 no. I want your reaction. No, no, I don't want to spoil it. I'm not there yet. No, the spoiler of whose palace it is, but I want to tell you how I found out. Is it a spoiler related? It's a spoiler. It's about, first of all, tag for Persona 5 is actually not not expansive. Oh, yeah, totally. There's like, there's literally a skill called in game. Yeah, yeah, there is. And so it involves being in the final boss's palace. Of and course. I'm like, does he canonically have no, it's but basically okay. Well, now you have to send me this fic. No, it's the final boss. It's semi, semi, like you as Joker. Joker is well, like. Well, can you just send me the damn yeah. fic? Because now I just want to read it. He's like. I love shit like that. I don't even know if we're keeping this episode, but I love shit like that. Oh, I'm bleeping all of it. Oh, yeah. You will never know what it was. But, um, in any case, uh... See, and this is me when I'm healthy, Arthur. Can you imagine how fucking exhausting this is when you're dying of tuberculosis? Much like John was dying of tuberculosis in this episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Excellent swerve back in, by the way. Gotta Thank say, you. kudos. And I will also add, it's fascinating to me, because Ari pointed this out the last time, that Legends, when we first sort of meet Gary and when Gary is first getting to know John, he's like, oh, this is what we did in my D&D group. And that's kind of what saves the day. Yeah. But they have to keep giving Gary games that I feel like they think are more obscure because D&D Which is so weird because everyone has played Werewolf or Mafia at least once at summer camp. Well, so Mafia is the informal version of it, which I'm actually not sure I've ever played. We played that version because we're Italian-American. Well, of course you did. How did it feel here? Yeah, when Nick Zana said that, I was like, shut the fuck up. How dare you? Well, yeah, because I said to Ari, oh, they're going to play Werewolf. And Ari's like, oh, is it like Mafia? And I was like, yeah, it's exactly like Mafia. And then in the game, in the- Nick Zano then like, also said. It's like, like Mafia. God, fuck you. Fuck uh, you. It's like, it's just like, just, a, I make it the pasta. I make it the pasta. And then Nick Zano said, I make it the pasta. If there's not an episode next season called I Make a Depasta, then why am I even here? What am I even fucking doing? And here's another thing. As we explore the themes in DC's Legends of Tomorrow, so too do Ari and I have to explore 
how much influence we may or may not have on this show and the choices it's making. Something I'm not super comfortable. Ah! I hit another person on their horse. Oh, sorry. 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 Oh, no, my horrible alligator skin. I know it's bad, but I gotta... I gotta sell it. Um... So, Gary is like, we're all going to play werewolf, which is where I came up with their wolf, their castle. Look, it's the blind man that tells my fortune. There are a lot of narrative parallels between what's happening to John Constantine now and what's going on with Arthur Morgan in this game. So yeah. much so that I'm almost like, wait a fucking second. Oh, God. I'll tell. I'll call Rockstar. I'll call Dave Rockstar right now. Give him money. I'm going to, and then he's going to give me a horrible fortune. Dun, 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 dun. I'm trying to give him money. Hello? Do you have to get closer? Because it's, it's not lit up. I know. That's a shame. Why can't I give him money? Oh, there, there we go. go. All right. Now he's going to say, like, hey, you're going to die, white boy. I mean, yeah. Okay. Here's my fortune. Be warned, sir. Do not slumber too deeply. For the man with no nose is coming for you. <laughs> Uh, I just like these, like, thanks. Well, oh, yikes. Okay, I'll be on my way then. Thank you so much. Anyway. I mean, no, I mean, he truly did just tell me you're going to die, white boy. I mean, yeah, which is fair. You do, but still. Which is fair because I am and I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things with John where it was just funny that we also happen to be, I happen to be, no, um, that I happen to be replaying um persona five yeah so because like yeah a lot of stuff with john's shadow self is very like oh okay we're doing this but um so gary playing the i'm like i just i can't find this as being more obscure i think they just want to do a murder mystery episode but i think it's funny that they've designated that gary is the board game nerd um because yeah he does look like the kind of guy who is semi designated that nate is as well yeah, a little bit. But they don't. And also, Ari turns to me and goes, is Gary doing this Eastern European accent anti-Semitic? And I was like, it isn't not anti-Semitic. It keeps happening, man. Let me tell you, let me tell you, friend, um, at my former job, my boss, who was of, I'm going to believe the nationality, but <laughs> thus putting them in direct lineage with people like Vlad the Impaler and Elizabeth Bathory. I mentioned once how the um, Dracula book is about immigration fears, which is true. But then she was like, no, it's about Vlad the Impaler. He was an actual person. And I'm literally just sitting there like... I know he was, but still. Are you trying to tell me that Dracula... Was a fucking person? Yeah. That Dracula was a real life? I mean, he had historical inspirations. I'm hoping know, that's what she meant. But also, what book, Tim? Oh, yeah, because also somebody at one of the churches in England that I guess is mentioned in Dracula. I think it's where they entered, like Yeah, says, like, stop looking for Dracula's tomb. It's not here. And I showed that to my husband. And he was like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, because it's probably from the book. And he just goes, what book? <laughs> And again, it did have the words Dracula on the signs. <laughs> the fucking sign. So you know, like in Castlevania. You know, you guys know, like Alucard in Castlevania. 
I love the way you pronounce that fucking Adrian. God. How am I supposed to pronounce Alucard? Alucard. I like mine better. It's interesting. <laughs> it's um, certainly something. It's interesting. No, it's fine. I also just, it's one of those things where it's funny because there's so many Alucards. Um, it's two that I'm immediately going for, Castle, Castle Vassal and Helsing, but, um. But- I just realized Castle Vassal and Helsing are two different properties. I don't know how. One of them is a manga that was adapted into an anime, and the other is a video game that got adapted into, into, into technically into Netflix anime, let's call it. I fucking hate it here. How, dude? All right, you know what? Nah, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, so, we are... We, okay, so right, basically... So Gary gives everybody their roles that are, of course, like, comically appropriate, because of course they are. And I also, remember turning to Rachel and looking at Rachel and going, okay, so there's two options for who this werewolf is going to be. It's either going to be Bayrod, because he's the least likely to be the werewolf, or it's going to be John because he's the most likely to be the werewolf. And... You know? And where did we end up? And where did we end up? And it's one of those things where, like, I just, I, I guess, I'm glad they went with the obvious option because they did a good job with actually doing some narrative stuff with it. So it's kind of like, all right, fine, have the have the obvious option here. All um, right, then. Keep your secret. Well, it's one of those things where, like, sometimes, listen, when you're trying to say something specific or do a specific narrative, it's less fun to fake out the audience. It That's actually creates true. a much less interesting or engaging experience. Nobody likes to be proved wrong all the time. Sometimes it's necessary for the purposes of subverting, like, or, or doing, so, if you're doing something interesting with your subversion, fine, but if your subversion really just amounts to a fuck you, that's not what you were expecting, huh, bitch, then it's not any good, Game of Thrones. And um, I also, when Nate got the wealthy foreigner card, I know that Legends of Tomorrow doesn't ever remember anything that's ever happened on its own show. No, never. But that kind of felt like a throwback to the Ernest Hemingway episode. Probably, Because yeah. Ernest Hemingway was always writing wealthy American foreigners. Yes. Who were mostly just himself. But then it sort of goes along with well, like how Nate's to... dad wanted him to be like, I was like, was that a... And we know that Nate is Phil's favorite character, and that is the only reason I could believe that is intentional. Oh, yeah. Hello. I know what That's you're thinking. Thing. If Nate is Phil's favorite character, why hasn't he gotten more screen time? And the answer is, um, too charismatic. Makes everybody else look bad. Too charismatic. And it's one of those things where it's like, I think it's, again, Legends not really being able to handle an ensemble show. And probably because there's somebody going where it's like, oh, well, we need, we need this. We need this. We need the feminine. We need the female ca- captain stuff being, we don't want to center on just another white. And it's like, listen, in most situations, I would be inclined to agree with you. <laughs> Unfortunately, maybe not in this specific one, but, um, so we get, so everybody just, everybody, everybody goes into the clue game and John is, I will say this, John has actually been a very good portrayal of the friend and like, this is, listen, not to get too dark here, but the person that you know is not quite right and they're definitely using something and you don't know what, you Mm -hmm. just know that this is not normal behavior from them and they're being erratic and, and, and like, you can't quite put a finger on why or how. And so you kind of write it off and hope for the best. And he is a very good portrayal of that. So John, Mm -hmm. John, John does a oopsie whoopsie little fucko, what fucky, fucky wucko or whatever the hell they call them on that goddamn Tumblr post I'm thinking of. Fucky wucky. Fucky wucky. John John O does a little fucky wucky and they all end up in the mansion because he has I loved that they were literally like Sarah going wait why the fuck is this just your house and we John have, we have two sets oh, the fact that he Mr. didn't Garber turn wants her, to be on Hello, Hello Dolly, Dolly Jefferson. Jefferson I literally wanted him to turn to go we only have so many sets Sarah but um unfortunately they just like hand waved it away but 
Astra looked so fucking good. She um, did. She looked really good. I'm almost like, I'm wondering if some of that stuff was like leftovers or stuff that was sort of like cobbled together from some of Maisie's old Clotho stuff. But we didn't really get to see her be Clotho that often, which was kind of Well, a shame. maybe they had more stuff. Or it's one of those things where, I'm not saying they literally, I don't think they reused a dress, although I'd have to go back. But they may have had those and maybe mm-hmm. it's parts of the dresses. They like unstitched some, yeah. added it to something else. I don't think it's straight up a Clotho dress, yeah. but it was very clearly, I think, so, sort of supposed to evoke that look. It And it did. And it did. And it was really cool. Um, it was a nice throwback. God, um, I miss Maisie so fucking much. I miss Maisie so much. But um, Astra looked really good in it. Um, Spooner's The Big Game Hunter was also really fun, too. I thought she looked really nice in that. Um, I think Spooner, Spooner has, is so great as a character to me because she truly is closer to the ground, closer to Satan. And that oh, is yeah. something I personally... Ari turns to me as we're watching the bowling episode and just goes, is this what we look like to other people? <laughs> just because because apparently um, Astra's actress is 5'9", five, 5'8", five, 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 something yeah. like that. And Spooner's actress is like an inch taller than you? Yeah, she's 5'2". So it is... Just, and I never notice it because I don't think about it and also because you're usually wearing heels. <laughs> yeah, that's what most people say. It is really funny. And also because like height is also partially personality based. Let's be very honest. Um, height is, is mental as much as it is literal physical. Um, I have the mental height of a basketball player. Yeah, exactly. So it is one of those things where like... Okay, so I really like Spooner and Astra in this episode as well. Um... It is nice that they're sort of, that they group up and work together. Love, love those crumbs, baby. But, um. Gay people, we love you. Gay people, we love you. But, um. So basically the whole thing about the episode is that actually Sarah was the beast. But then when she tries to end the game because Ava and Nate die, which is, I guess, uh, why does Legends of Tomorrow hate transgender people? Seriously. Um, she is also then killed by the new beast, the sexier beast, with yes. Blackjack. And in fact, forget the beast. Which is pretty much what John's shadow decides to do. Um, if I had to summarize John's shadow, I would probably say, what is Bender's full name? I think he's just Bender. I think he has a full fancy name. I think that's the joke. I don't remember. Um, doesn't matter. Bender! Okay. I mean, he is pretty much, I mean... Once I found out Bender and Waka have the same voice. Yeah, John, John DiMaggio. Yeah, I was that's, never uh, able to unhear it. Yeah, that's um, Jake the dog, too. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he's apparently a really... I remember what we... He's a really nice guy, apparently. We remember that we were at Big, Big Gay Ice Cream one New York yeah. Comic Con, and we met that lady who was, like, doing, like, talent handling and stuff. Oh, and we yeah. just started talking to... Very, very, she was also really, very nice. Um, so we're just hearing stories about the celebrities. Oh, yeah. We, end up, so everything, we always end up meeting fun people. And they tell us everything about their lives. I don't really know I'm why. really good at that, too. It's very fun. I, I, I have always... Ha- I don't know if it's my face or if it's just... And also, because, again, most people just want you to listen to them for a little bit. Yep. If you act... If you can... If you just act a little interested and you do more than give, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, if you're just... If you look engaged, people want to do this. Like, especially because therapy in this country is a fucking nightmare to obtain. So dumping out your problems on strangers is really all we have left. That's true. And it's free. And it's free. It's um, easy and it's free. It's, it's free. Uh, God, the pleat on that is so pretty. Thank you. I'm working very hard on it. I know you are. It looks great. I'm sorry. This is... Um, so the thing about this episode is I really did love the setup. And I will say, as much as we're joking that we only have so many sets, Sarah, the set really did work very well for a murder mystery. They did. We gave them... I still feel really bad that we were real... I, I don't I don't take anything back, but we were very harsh on the on the Halloween... On, on the, the, on the slasher, episode? on the slasher movie episode, um, 
and I was like, the aesthetics of this are terrible. This isn't lit like a horror movie. And I'm right, and I'm not taking any of that back. However, I will say, kudos for this being lit much better and being a bit more... They filmed it. Now that I think about how John's house is usually filmed versus how this was filmed, it they was did film really it tight. It was very tight. It was filmed in a very claustrophobic way, even though we should know that the set is bigger. That's Listen, that's the difference that lighting, staging, and blocking all make. Everybody, we finally fucking Especially did it. Especially since I think we saw some parts of the house we haven't seen previously. Or at the very least, they yeah. were lit in such a way that they looked completely different. Yep. But I don't remember. Remember that scene where Bayrod goes up the stairs and he's in that, like, and then... Or, yeah. And then Zari goes up to get a drink of water or something. She's like, where the... That, They're like, in that the area kitchen. looked new. It was... They just lit the kitchen differently. Yeah, damn. Okay. Um, so that's what I mean. Like, in terms of, like, yeah, that, that is how much of a difference lighting can make. I was like, I didn't know if that was new or what the fuck that was. But, um... No, it was it was very well lit. It was very well shot. It was very clearly it was a very good job of recreating the aesthetics of like a clue style murder mystery, which I genuinely really appreciate. No flames on the side of my face references though. Which is such a shame. And no Tim God, Curry God. impressions. No Tim Curry impressions. So kind of like like here's the thing. Was it good? Yes. But what was the fucking point? I mean truly. Um, it is one of those things. I will give them that though, because again, we bully the show a lot, so I do feel inclined to give them at least that. Um, so one of the things I guess we're going to talk about, and I guess we can almost sort of talk about this in the context of, like, both episodes, is the reveal at the end is that, you know, other than the fact that Sarah was the beast at first, now it is John and John's, we're just going to call him John's shadow. Um, Mm -hmm. John's shadow. I mean, who had it really, I mean, listen, I love the stuff they've been doing with masks every, every so often. Remember those, like, really fucked up looking masks they had in the episode right after the Halloween episode? And I was giving them such a hard time for it because I was like, that was lit and shot so well. What the fuck? And like, yeah, those masks looked great. I did like this mask. I think they could have. I don't think they had a lot of time, though. It was very clearly like paper mache or something similar where I'm like, I think you should have. Guys, it's five hundred dollars ish to buy a good plague doctor mask off Etsy. For fuck's sake! You think they have five hundred U.S. dollars? Uh, I, I, all right, fair enough. But still, in fact, you know what? Here's my phone. Hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research. So you vamp. Okay. Well, do, 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 I thought do, do, when Dar. Do, 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 here's the thing. Zari said prima donna, obviously, and yeah. then she said again in game prima donna like she said prima donna a couple times where i was like am i gonna get a couple notes of it am i gonna get the song i don't like that when i look this up they were like plague doctor or plague pass where i'm like "Uh uh-oh i think i'm hoping it's just for regular vaccines cards okay so this one is in black it's 38.95 looks pretty nice this one is 17.99 this one is in white it is 38.95 this try to find the try to find a nice leather one oh that is really nice actually i fucking told you um, let me see if I can find, what's the most expensive one, basically? There's a leather mask I'm seeing that's actually pretty fun in terms of it being, like, unfinished and, like, ugly looking, which I think is more the vibe you want rather than a steampunk one. This is $88.12. I fucking hate it here. It's from Original Venice Shop, by the way. I guess we're just doing this. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, listen. Prima donna girl. This one is 159. Hey, can I be a cunt? This one, this one is, this one would also look nice, and mm-hmm. it is one hundred fifty nine dollars. Again, from Banwell Designs, by the way. I feel like I should, I should. I. And here's the thing: I'm saying I'm being a cunt on this audio for this podcast, and not on Twitter.com. So Avalances can't keep reporting the cunt. The cunt. Avalances can't keep reporting tweets where I say the c word to Twitter in the hopes of getting me suspended because I keep making rightful criticisms of their ship and behaviors. Good luck, idiots. But um. Huh, how much is 40 millimeters? 
I have no idea. Time to check that too. Alright, continue, sorry. Cons. Just, I know that like, okay, so basically, you know how Ava's like obsessed with horror and serial killers and stuff? An inch. So there is a whole thing about, you know, when they were in the terrible 80s movie, where they were like, we're final girls! Remember? God. Um, well, I just want to say, like, Zari, not only did Zari defeat that kid's mom in the 80s with a bottle of perfume, but she also killed the beast in this one. So, like, who's the real final girl here? I mean, truly, Zari Tarazi has great final girl energy specifically because of that. Like, unfortunately, it's... It, 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 she wins. Not unfortunately. For, well, as always, she wins. She is superior. She reigns supreme. It's so funny to me how people can be so transparent about liking a character, especially a character of color, based on the proximity to their ship. Like, if Zari isn't, I don't know, fucking trying to plan the Avalan's wedding, because, like, why would she want to? Then she's just relegated to being a hetero, quote-unquote. Where it's Ooh. like, mm. I mean, listen, maybe there's a legitimate concern because we were saying last season especially how Sarah got way too much screen time, and now she hasn't really gotten any in 6B, which has helped the story. I mean, now that Bishop is back and they're sort of doing stuff, it's almost... I, I'm glad they're finally bringing the plots together. Yeah. But I guess I would be a little worried, too, if my fave was kind of getting a little more panned universally. Ooh, I just found a really good pattern website. Ooh, I mean, cool. not pattern website. It's like an Etsy store. All right. I'll look at this later. I don't need to. I, I, would okay, be, sorry. This I guess I would be a little concerned, too, if my fave was getting panned um, more and more for having the Stephen Amell acting. We were literally watching the end of the Clue episode when he's playing the Space Girl song and she's looking in at clearly what's Bishop. And I just said, turned to Ari and said, now imagine someone who could act reacting in that scene. Because it's a fun scene. And like, listen, I'll say this. The lyrics of the song are actually very fun. I kind of wish they had not tried. It's one of those things where it's like, Bowie is Bowie. You will never be Bowie. I don't, I don't mean this as an insult. It is just, it is preposterous to think that you could ever match him. That, that was a, that was a singular, unique talent. To ape that aesthetic is to just show how incapable you are of imitating Bowie. The lyrics themselves were really good. You should have just done a the different The beat song. is, the melody is clever. There's a lot it's about fun. it. I like the lyrics a lot. You really just needed to not do it in a Bowie sound-alike sort of way. Just do a different kind. Especially because it's not Bishop's style. Yeah. Would have loved if they tried, again, like, if they tried to do something funkier with it almost mm-hmm. or more show tuney because, like, clearly that's what he's into. Like, that would have worked well for the character. And so it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, why do Bowie? Why set yourself up to fail like that, guys? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not. This um, is not an insult. This is just a fact. Also, Kayla showed up and I just want... I don't even want to talk about this plot about McFly anymore. I hate it. Not to, not and I'm not saying this in a jokey way. Dominic Purcell, not to do anything positive for Dominic Purcell, but how deeply uncomfortable he is with this plot does make it genuinely hard to watch, to watch and engage with. Yeah, like not even in a jokey way anymore. It was fun. And I support him because he is a good enough actor where he could pull it off. And he doesn't so want to. And really so he's really like, just kind of like fucking this plot. 
And I'm like, good for you. Yeah, and good for him because I'm like, he clearly doesn't want to do it. And to see an actor so visibly uncomfortable with the thing they're being asked to do, it's like, I'm not enjoying this. This isn't fun anymore. And it almost feels like mean-spirited because he's so uncomfortable. I don't think they meant or intended for it to be mean-spirited. I think just by virtue of the fact that he very clearly doesn't want to fucking be here just makes it uncomfortable to watch. I really wish I wasn't here right now. Yeah. And it's just like... It sucks because it is really frustrating because this is his last season. And so it just pisses me off because it's like, this is your last plot line with one of the most, with one of the characters you have done the most to make meaningful narrative, emotional character changes to over the course of six fucking seasons. This is the plot line you send him out on. Genuinely, genuinely fucking sucks. Um... Especially because it's one of those things where it's like, we have said on this podcast multiple times how much Mick has undergone the most change, has arguably the most engaging character arc out of the entire show, simply because he's had so much room to grow and change and has had some fantastic episodes and Dominic Purcell's acting is a major part of that. And so for them to send him out like this, it's okay, it's just gemstones, um, is such a shitty fucking thing to do. and. It's one of those things where it's really funny because I have been seeing, especially in the past couple episodes, past couple days, Jesus fucking Christ, what is this, the Truman Show? In the past couple days, I've seen a lot more people, and I guess probably inspired by the whatever the hell, Spider-Man, I don't remember what the fuck it's called, No Way Home, sure. Um, Spider-Man, Gone Home, lesbian edition. Spider-Man, Fun Home. Spider-Man, Fun Home is so fucking good, holy shit! Um, Ms. Bechdel, I just want to say, huge sorry. fan. Sorry. Big, big fan, thanks. And, and, sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, it, oh god, I told you, I got Spider-Man fun home, Thank fuck. You. It's Thank so you. good. Okay, so, right now I remember, is I've seen a lot more people getting frustrated by how comic book characters are never allowed to change or grow or die yeah. or this, and it's like, on the flip, on one side of this, I am the person going, if Superman dies, I'm dying with him. And I'm like, no, I get that. I get that because, buddy, that's Superman. But I think it is also important to acknowledge that, like, this is a practice that harms characters of color and LGBT characters the most because it truly is like, remember Night Runner? They're newer, quote unquote. They're newer. And so they can always be sort of shunted they can always be sort of shunted and there was a practice at dc specifically for the better part of a decade of undoing all of the progress that we had made on certain legacy characters becoming very popular in their own right and sort of setting themselves up as the new version of that character and the people who spearheaded that are by and large jim lee and jeff johns back during the new 52 reboot which is really the start of a lot of these problems and sort of the end the beginning of the end is a good way to put it yeah um, Although it's and and I hate to a return to the Silver and I Age. I hate to quote Alan Moore on this, but also comics is truly beginning of the end, but also nothing ever ends. Nothing ever ends. Um, nice. and so that can be really frustrating to deal with. Legends of Tomorrow manages, and I'm bringing all this up because Legends of Tomorrow has managed to do something that comics really struggles to do a lot of the time for not just Mick but Constantine as well, which is their narrative arcs begin and end. They grow, they change, they are different characters than when they started in a meaningful and significant way. And I know we give Legends a lot of shit for not remembering plot points from season to season, but they do remember narrative beats by and large for characters, not so much uh, plot, but that's fine. Um, 
it is a bummer to see a character who has managed to grow and develop past his comic book incarnation having to suffer through this. And that goes for both Mick and John. And I think yep. that's kind of the key point. That's the uniting force I feel about these last two episodes. Yep. Where it's like, yeah, this was stupid. To do this was stupid. To, now, to send them the, out like this is stupid. The Mick thing... The Mick thing is mostly Legend's fault. The Mick thing is actually... One, not only is it 100% Legend's own fault, homegrown, it's our own homegrown fault. Yeah. Um, but also, I'm not sure they thought that Dom... I think Dom... Again, Dominic said he would come back because he has a gentleman's agreement with Phil Klemmer, quote on Whatever the fuck that means. Uh, nothing. Fear. Fear. Um, and... That he's leaving because of Warner Brothers and stuff like that, and then he got drunk and posted about. And here's the thing: and then he posted cheek, which we haven't talked about yet. Oh fuck! We were gonna open about how Dominic Purcell posted a photo of his ass to promote. It's kind of beautiful that it happened after all this, though. And I just want to say, if our heartfelt defense of Mick as a character, and then we're like, and his actors posting his ass on Instagram. First of all, for an old man, he's got an absurdly firm ass. I just, I mean. Good for you, I guess? No, not good for him. Bad for me. <laughs> Bad for all of us. That's this, true. And Patrick Page posting a photo of him working out, like himself. Oh, God. Where I'm just like, I don't know what's in the water that old men are drinking right now, but I need you all to fucking take it down a notch. Take it down a notch. Stop, stop shooting up testosterone. I need that. That's mine. <laughs> you are taking testosterone out of my arm, Dominic Purcell. That's true. That's Actually, true. no, you do it in the thigh, usually, but this is, you're taking testosterone out of my thigh, Dominic Purcell. Now, what I want to know is who told Dominic Purcell you get the COVID vaccine in the ass? I, <laughs> I know. Did Wentworth, did, did, is this Wentworth, is Wentworth going, yeah, yeah, you totally get it, because I'm like, I could, I could see, I could see Wentworth Miller waking up and choosing violence that day for that specific thing. That would be a good time. Also, because, like, listen, vaccines are important. You should get your vaccine. If you haven't gotten it already, what the fuck? Unless you have a medical reason that you can't. In which case, fair enough. Please stay safe. However, if you have no such excuse, what the fuck? Um, but Dominic Purcell posting ass on Instagram is just so kind of beautiful. I Mick has to- grown and matured. Dominic Purcell. Eh. Dominic Purcell will always be like that, I guess. Australians really do just be Australianing. And I guess, I guess truly at the end of the day, it is Dominic Purcell's world and we're all just fucking limbing, living in it. We're all just limbing in it. Having limbs in it. And so while we can point directly at Mick's plotline and go like, don't That's worry. Legends. That's Legends. Legends is perfectly capable of doing stupid shit on its own. It does it all the time, in fact. Um, <laughs> bold of you. Legends can make its own bad choices. It doesn't need DC's help. I mean, legitimately. Do we want to actually sort of just brush on the episode I know after been, this I, one? I know we've been saving this is the thing. And I'm like, I know we've been saving this. All right. So just, just to quickly brush into the next episode, which again, I think we're, we're trying not to make literally every single episode up to the season finale be us being angry about Constantine, but I don't know how much, it, I don't um, know. Well, I mean, and here's the thing. I don't even know how angry we can be at this point. I'm just tired and frustrated. Does that count? Yes. But, okay, the episode after the Clue one um, is, I just want to say a couple things. First and foremost, um, last thoughts about the Clue episode is, Nate cannot just treat Bayrod like a buddy fuck whenever Zari leaves. That's, you cannot that's do that. Because he literally turns to Bayrod and is immediately, like, back on Bayrod. I'm like, you fake little bitch. He is. Nate, Nate Haywood is a fake, no, he's not a fake whore, but. He's not a fake whore, but he's driving me fucking insane. And so isn't that the same thing? Yeah. 
I mean, people pointed out sort of that line that John had to Zari one where he's like, all right, get back in the fucking totem. It's like, I, it was, it was very mean. I thought it was supposed to represent that he's kind of strung out. Yes, I agree. Um, But also there were a couple throwaway lines during this whole plot arc, including about like, oh, I'm the OG Zari, where I'm like, why are we trying to appeal to the like original team, whatever fan? Like, why are we doing where this? I'm just like, I need Legends of Tomorrow is so fucking guilty of the, dare I bring up his name, Joss Whedon problem, where they would rather just write quips so that the AV club will think they're clever instead of remembering character interactions and writing based on that. And that's really annoying, incidentally, guys. Could you stop doing that? And I just want to say, hey, no. Stop it. Bad. Bad legends. Thank you. Yeah, truly. Fucking. You don't want to. Being out of your box isn't a right. It's a privilege. Baby, you don't want to go back in your box, do you? Like, just, God, guys. That's a quote from season two of The Venture Brothers, another show that Legends is really cribbing from this season. Ooh, and every season, to be fair. We're always like, I'm telling. I'm telling. And here's the thing, you can probably get off on that one if Nick Zano is obligated to spend, I don't know, fucking day with Doc and Jackson. Oh yeah, legally, legally obligated, that should, that should help us that a little should, bit. Yeah. That'll get them off your back, but like, Real I don't quick. know if he has that kind of time right now. Man's busy, he's got two kids. Um, so what was the train of thought? Um, that was, oh, and then also, um, I just want to say Sarah and Ava died next to each other together, and then Spooner and Astra also died next to each other together. So does that confirm them as a canon couple? I would say yes. Yes. Okay. We had a lot of people dying in pairs that were like, hmm, this is very interesting. Fascinating. Fascinating. Truly just, truly just us with the fucking soda in front of the computer going, interesting. Interesting. Every time. I mean, do I want to bring up that, like, because... Keep in mind also this season, Sarah got shot in the head. Ava got shot in the head last season. They both get there where I'm like, I don't think this is yet on the same level of Young Justice making their only Muslim character unkillable and then brutally. And just keep doing it. Because yeah. Like, well, and she's unkillable. So it doesn't count. Brutal it violence counts. against her um, every episode because mm-hmm. it's not every episode. But there is something to be said. Like, yes, this is a very... There's a lot to be said about Ava Lance that is criticism that is valid. Yeah. And none of that valid criticism involves them being allowed to kiss or not kiss on screen. No. Um, because that's just because Jess and Katie are bad at kissing and nobody wants to fucking have to look at how uncomfortable that shit is. Pretty much, unfortunately. But if I take off my... If I have to look at it neutrally as a media critic and as a queer person, which is an identifier I personally use, I do have to acknowledge... That doing that to your two, you know, your gay couple is not the best look. No. But on the other hand, if she dies, she dies. Well, yeah, but it's also one of those things where it's like, admittedly, this is a murder mystery, but I will yeah. say, it was pretty, I mean, they even point out, they're like, damn, that one went from being just like a little play card that says dead yep. to, that was really violent. Yep. Um, and I understand that the ramp up is also like the stakes are higher and suddenly very dangerous. But, uh, yeah, it is kind of one of those things where it's like, I am compelled by virtue of being a queer person and a critic to go, please stop doing that. Because it was actually one of the thing with Tremors with a Z was like, yeah, Sarah getting shot through the head was also kind of like, eh, a little gross. Where it's like, yeah, maybe think about the images of violence in the queer community before you're like, hmm. Just at least, th- I'm not saying you can't ever, like, hurt or mutilate gay characters, because that's pretty much the entire point of Hannibal. But, like, <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it aesthetically. Do it beautifully. Have fun with it. 
Um, and also, it's kind of one of those things where, admittedly, when you watch fucking Hannibal, you should know what you're fucking getting into in terms of people being beautiful. The other thing mutilated. is also, like, because... Legends is not that kind of show. Because you have sort of made A. Valance your flagship gay characters, and because this show is not allowed to make anyone else canonically gay, I guess... I guess. Then you don't really have the room to be allowed to do things to them, because... You've, your... you've, you've put all your eggs in that basket, my guy. That was on you. We told you not to. We, <laughs> we said let's you. feel Adam kiss in the in the Romeo and Juliet fucking, and you didn't. You let Zarly kiss, and then and then what? And then you and didn't... then what? So truly, Fuckers. what are you? But fucking useless to me. Absolutely useless. Um. So this episode was about. Oh, yeah. Fisher coming back. Mick, we literally fast forwarded through the part where Mick apparently I shoots refu- I refu- eggs I out of hate his it. Nose. I hate it. I legitimately hate this plot line. Like it's just one of those things where it just makes me uncomfortable because Dominic Purcell is uncomfortable, and it's not really funny anymore. And um, should have been a one and done. Ava tries to get into Bishop's head. And if I was actually, here's the thing. I love Bishop so fucking much. I Bishop is an amazing, he is such a Literally start villain. fighting Sarah and the fight music kicks in. I'm like, why are you the best villain Legends has ever fucking had? Bishop and is a great I say villain, villain oh, you because first. he lampshades the idea of like, yes, but which, we all just want to be friends, right? Well, I brought that point up because I was legitimately yeah. like, oh my God, is he actually going to go? Because I wasn't sure when I started, I was like, are they gonna just be like, fuck it, we're forcibly adopting this guy. But he makes it pretty clear from the outset that he knows that that's a thing they do and he is actively manipulating them into it. And I love that because that is, again, we just got mad at Legends with something else, but we will give them this. That was smart as hell because it is something where like Legends literally every season has that villain where it's like, they're not really a villain. They just get forcibly inducted into the group. You had Nora, you had Astra, you had Nick technically with Kronos. Um... It happens like every season and it's good and it's sweet and it's fun because it, it allows for characters to grow and develop. However, it is fun to see the total bastard villain also be the one who's trying that like redemption thing and to also be just charming as hell and really good. Um, literally my favorite villain of the entire show. Absolutely I mean, I will say in terms of villains that are my favorite, he is right up there with Neron Ray, but that's just because Neron Ray was fun, was but in a so different way. That was so good for me personally. That was, I mean, listen, we had that beautiful steel Adam moment out of it. So I'll give, I'll give, I'll give Neron Ray that, but it is one of those things where as an actual character, Bishop is, is fucking phenomenal because even Vandal Savage, like Casper is apparently was, was fucking fantastic as a person. Vandal Savage is not really like the f- a fun character to watch doing things, which is also a good, everyone needs multiple kinds of villains. It's fine that some villains are just the kind of people who are like, oh, God. Bishop has the charisma, I feel like, and this is no disrespect to Neil McDonough. He but, wanted, he's what we wanted out of Damien Dark, but couldn't yeah. get because, and I don't think it's Neil McDonough's fault. No. I think, I mean, listen, he was in Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. I think he's got some level of acting. <laughs> Please don't do that to him. He's an Sorry, old Sorry, it's really funny. He was in technically the highest grossing movie of 2020, so we can't really grossing? give it. Grossing? Grossing? Whatever. Yes. I don't fucking, I, you know I don't pronounce things, no, right? But like, it's one of those. Ryan Grossling. Ryan Grossling. <laughs> God. Oh, good. I just, I just wanted to say it. I just <laughs> wanted to say it and have it be said. But, so he was in the highest grossling movie of... <laughs> <laughs> so we can't shit on him too much. It's just that I think for us, it was also just the fundamental inability to get over Laurel Lance. Um, and that's fine. And that's not on Neil as an actor. It was just like, you know, that admittedly is one of those things. It's just kind of hard to... to, 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 to I fucking hate it here. Now- so... Bishop is all of that fun gayness without the baggage. Um, and again, just when she's like, he's going to try to get into our heads. And it's like, well, you don't have them leave him with Nate. 
I mean, literally, just leave him with Nate. Or leave him with Mick. I mean... It's just dog jingle bells over and over and over. I mean, truly, Bishop with Nate is truly Bishop. Like, I bet you're tired of no one taking you seriously. And Nate is like, yeah, I am. Anyway, do you like men? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Well, that was fast. But, um... Bishop, you know I do. You know I do. And, like, I do think it's very funny. I will give him this. That he was like, I have 6% of you, and that's the only useful part of you. And I was like, that's terrible, because I made that joke, and then he Ari made Ari goes, joke. oh, no, he has 6% of Sarah, but Sarah's an... And here's the thing. When we say Sarah is an idiot, we meet in a very fun I do meet in a very way. fond way. She is, she is like, a, like Shira Adora, very much like a female himbo, Just which like is a fine. jock. Just totally an empty-headed jock. Um, and I think that's great. Let women be jocks. Let women, I, I legitimately mean this and all of our other issues with Sarah Lance aside and Katie aside, it is so fun to see a female character getting to be the stupid jock because it is one of those things where women always being the smart, straight laced, like cool and competent yeah. ones means they never actually get any of the fun plot points yeah. because we like to see characters who are funny and kind of flawed yeah. and fucked up. So, no, it is actually fun to have a dumb, empty-headed jock doing stupid shit. It's a great thing. Um, I will actually say, here's the thing. I don't really... Ava has become rapidly less interesting this season, which is... This was a better episode for that, though, I will say. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. Here's the thing. Last episode was actually, even though she didn't get a ton to do... I liked her lines in it, where she's like, yeah, let's play again, because this time I'm not going to die. I loved that. Yeah, because that was good, honest characterization. That was But, like, with this, I was almost a little bit like, are you saying Ava's an idiot? I think it's more one of those things where, like... She she got in too deep too fast. She got in too deep too fast, but it's also one of those things where it's like, I, I got the implication that because Bishop has part of Sarah Lance inside yep. of him, eh, he kind of knew where Ava's pressure points were yep. and utilized, especially because he also created the Avas. It's one of those things where it's like, that is not a fair fight on her part. Yeah. But I will say- Well, it, because the parents- It's one of those, I'll say it like this. Yeah. The issue is, is that- they have not figured out what parts of Ava's narrative, plotline, and characterization are unique to Ava, and what parts of Ava's narrative, characterization, and plotline are just cloning blues kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, I think you have to resolve the cloning blues stuff before you can get to the characterization stuff. And it's also kind of the too little, too late problem where it's like, she spent this entire season not really having a character, so swooping back in with it last minute is kind of like, what are we doing here? Them things did be thangin' though. I mean... I guess it's legitimately just not. <laughs> no disrespect, they're just so small. Um, and oh my god, what else? About Who was oh? Because I was thinking of I was like with horror. I, I was like, realized- why did we say them? Th- but I was like, oh right, with horror because it was truly horror. Like, I forget going like I don't care. Them thanks do be thanging though or something. I don't fucking remember. Um, I also have to. Give a shout out to actually now that I just remembered that t- he's Tala's husband mm-hmm. and like Jess and Tala and their respective male significant others like do hang out a lot and like are so I also kind of have to realize that I think that dancing plot was also supposed to be like about their friendship and how yes. well they and so I'm actually willing to look but the thing about me is I feel like everybody is going into that plot knowing the Black Widow interviewing Loki scene. Where oh yeah where you she, know and it's funny I didn't think of that but yeah 
where I'm almost like, but she's supposed to have the upper hand. <laughs> that was the other thing. Well, that was admittedly the issue with Black Widow and Loki doing that is she's supposed to have the upper hand and then it doesn't really... It's one of those things where you can't just tell me at the end of the conversation that she secretly had the upper hand. You need to, sh and I understand that sometimes you want to reveal, but you need to show it in, at least in some subtle ways that she knows what is going on, understands what the person is trying to do, and is absolutely playing them like a fiddle. Because otherwise you just get Joss Whedon making Tom Hiddleston fucking threaten Scarlett Johansson in a way that's like, oh, I hate this. Oh, this isn't fun anymore. His version of Loki sucked so much ass. Are you watching the Disney Plus version of Loki then, Ari? The answer is fuck no. Absolutely not. I refuse on moral grounds. I am so sick and goddamn tired Listen, of Listen, the content. only LGBT representation you're ever going to get is what Sebastian Stan, allegedly actual gay man, is going to fucking yeah. scrounge up for you. And I'm not saying that other people can't try, and I'm not saying He's that He's going to bring it to the table because it's part of him. It is actually legitimately one of those things, and I guess we're just talking about this now, because fuck it. Do you watch the show for plot synopsis of Legends and Review? If, 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 <laughs> a show where we synopsis our own podcast? Can you imagine Clearly? trying to do that? And it would just be recursive forever. All right, so. It's like that 3.33333 review. I'm going to lose the werewolf game on purpose, and I'm just going to fuck you. The werewolf <laughs> is trapped in here with, I'm trapped in here with the whale, werewolf? No. No, werewolf trapped, trapped in, in here with, with me. me. I mean, what I, I do know is that we win the game by fucking the werewolf. I am I just have, saying. I mean, according to, uh, apparently, according to how Zari fucking managed to kill him, and it is technically, I, the reason yeah. the werewolf did not kill her is because it is a part of John, because we do get that scene where it's unclear if it's going to kill her or Astra and Spooner. And it's like, oh, oh, okay. John, why do you hate women? <laughs> why do you hate women of color and also sapphics? But, um, um, you know why. Um, I don't! Alright, so. Um, it's this fucking thing that Mickey. I was doing that before too, and I couldn't remember what it was. It's Mickey whistling in Steamboat Willie. Oh, we're gonna get sued. Um, it's fine. I think Steamboat Willie's public domain now. Nothing about Disney's public domain. Or it's about to be. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, aren't they? Isn't it supposed to be now? Soon? I thought that they said that none of their stuff was ever public domain because na 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 na. I don't fucking know. Um, I thought that was love that we have a copyright law for the rest of us, and then just one for Disney. You know what? Fuck it. It doesn't matter. I'm not getting angry about that right now. Okay, so here's the thing about queer baiting. And incidentally, speaking of not queer baiting, but like queer. It's one of those things where I see people and I agree with this nine times out of 10 where they're like, it's okay if straight actors play gay characters, if, it, if they're gay people behind the camera and writing the story. I disagree. I don't think it's okay if a straight person does anything. That's also fair. But like, it's one of those things where I get the point of we need more gay people behind the camera as well. I do agree with that because the people behind the camera are the people who make final decisions in certain ways that are very important and relevant. We need more gay people at all levels of the entertainment industry. However, when it comes to stuff like Disney in specific, it's one of those things where we're not getting that. You're so never going to. You're never going to in the current state of the entertainment industry as it exists now, unfortunately. I'm not saying this will never change, but as it exists right now, it is impossible. The work is about making the system itself change, not about yelling at Disney until they just give you a crumb of representation. However, that does mean that what we have are actors doing the fucking most. And that's unfortunately really all we can get. So it's one of those things where, yes, it does matter when gay people play stuff. And I'm not saying, I mean, just look at Sebastian. We all know. A, a straight man would not be in the fucking covenant. Okay? 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 Well, he now we've said it. So I'm just saying. So it's one of those things where all you can get, and actually, but like all you can get are characters 
and actors who are clearly trying to evoke a mood, a feeling, a kind of coding. It's like it is 1940 up in this bitch and all we can get are implications and asides and longing looks because that is the hell that Disney has trapped us in with its media. So thank you, Sebastian Stan, for doing the most. And this is why it is important in this very specific context to actually just have gay people doing the most. It's always important to have gay people doing the most. But... It does matter when gay people play characters because they can imbue those characters with a kind of energy you would not, that a straight person just can't. I, I just need to... Nobody would have the feelings that are so popular about Stucky or about now Sam and Bucky. And this isn't to say that Anthony Mackie isn't talented Anthony Mackie doesn't play talented. off well with Sebastian. I think of obviously this but relationship But Sebastian Stan is carrying people. all of this gay people stuff but on But Sebastian back. is the one who is doing the most... I think homosexuality wise. Yes. I think Anthony Mackie is doing a great job of making and it. And this is not to say anything about that interview that Anthony Mackie had because oh, he I'm said not. nothing that was untrue and also because that writer loves to we stir talked up about hate. This, right? Yeah, we did. We loves did. to stir up hate online for black well, actors. But we'll remind you again in case somehow this is your first episode of this shit. And also it is not Anthony Mackie's job to uh, cater know what fandom to. No, what fandom is. Remember what I said literally at the start of this goddamn episode about how it's really yeah. fucked up that fandom is becoming a thing Commodified. that's mar- yep. modified and marketed? It's because of shit like this. You know what fandom has largely managed to avoid that for all of its other flaws? God bless furry fandom. I was gonna say we need to get everything furrier again and then they'll be and everything is gonna totally get dropped. Like but legitimately that is, that is one of those things where it's like no it does actually furry fandom for again it does have flaws and I say this is somebody who's been in furry adjacent stuff since I was online. I mean I literally said I was playing Neopets at the age of so you know it's one of those things where it's like we need to make things horny again. Because that's how you make make it harder to commodify. Um, I think, I don't know how this, it doesn't not not help with John, I guess. But let's go back again. We are literally trying to save all of our anger about Constantine. And it is, it is an anger for me. It is a thing where it's like, there's also the frustration and resignment of like, well, I guess there's really nothing we can fucking do. But there is an anger there. It is an anger actually for once on Legends' behalf rather than at Legends. Because fucking... God damn it. Okay, so let's, let's I can't talk believe, about it. I can't believe that I have to side with Legends on this. That I have to go in like a parent at the principal's office going, my son would never, like, it's not fair. I don't want to do it for them, but I gotta. But we will talk about it briefly because I, I, I think it'll be more relevant for us to see how it plays out and talk about the whole thing yeah. as it exists. But I do want to talk about it in the context of at least these two episodes when it comes to addiction stuff specifically, because it is one of those things where I do think they're trying. And I think some people were disappointed. Sorry, hold on. I'm going to just, I'm going to monopolize for a second. I think some people were disappointed by, you know, John's picking up of the, basically relapsing. And admittedly, it's like, it's a little bit hyper condensed. A relapse doesn't usually happen like within the same fucking day. However... It is one of those things where I think people expect it to be kind of a linear path because that is kind of how it works narratively. Or when it doesn't, it can often feel very cheap and it feels like they're just mining the same plot light again because of laziness. Except in real life, addiction does work like that. You do you do stay clean for years at a time and then you will f- fall off the wagon again sometimes because because it's a fucking hard mental illness to deal with and because people are only fucking human. And so it is worth talking about this in the context of like, it is okay that John also picked up 
the flask again. I mean, especially given that he literally just, it's also one of those things where, and this is kind of where we're talking about perfect blue near the end, where I'm not a hundred percent sure if this like, I thought it was because he was trying, he thought maybe he could defeat himself if he took it. That's what I mean, where it's like, but we're not a hundred percent sure if this is literally like a projection of himself that he's just hallucinating it or if this is literally a thing that because of his usual because astra was very usage not usual um because astra was like this is a very dangerous kind of dark magic and it will i'm like so okay so if this is kind of a thing that he's doing and we know that it's bad um is that magic basically making a physical manifestation of john's most evil self because he seems to be able to interact with things that are not just john constantine which is usually a big indicator of is this thing just a hallucination or not because it is very clear at the end he picks up john's communicator and talks to bishop so this is a real person somehow it is a it is a thing born out of john's magic i think because they're not 100 percent explicit about it so I don't, but I think it's fairly safe to say this is no longer just a psychic projection of John's power. So it's kind of one of those, but it clearly has some kind of tether. It's like John's tethered also, technically, I, I mean, guess. I just want to say, because I've said this before about K-pop horror concepts, but like the fucking thing in Night Vale, which is truly, Night Vale, when Cecil Baldwin in episode two of Night Vale, Welcome to Night Vale, said, you come in twos, kill your double, kill your double. Did he know he was going to be setting the fucking standard for horror? Doppelgangers have always been have always been <laughs> existence. David Lynch has been doing years. it. Well, no, I mean to be fair, Night Vale is doing it partially probably because David Lynch was doing it. David Lynch fucking loves doppelganger plot lines, man. That's true. Um, he is Mulholland Drive is literally a movie about two people, but the movie stops in the midway through and becomes about two different versions of those same people. It's it's a thing. He just likes to do that um that's fair doppelgangers are as old as horror itself so i will say this fucking i am thou thou art i black lodge tethered like we have again i'm coming up with a bunch of different because this is a thing mm -hmm. yeah, it's um, it is an established horror trope um it is one of those things where it is relevant i think to talk about the fact that i think this is literally a real version of of john that is basically like how how much of this works as an addiction metaphor because a real version of yourself does not break down your door and basically beat the shit out of you until you're close to death and have to take the but magic it can drug. feel like that but it can feel like it and um and this is not also us excusing legends for giving john more plot when other people no. should be like spooner's mom is like next episode and she's getting like one episode of she's it. getting one episode even though this is the most hyped up thing about her character and, and we had no foreshadowing towards this fact either other than offhand of the fact that she was and in we can care. only blame dc comics for again and the whole reason this is happening is because dc comics wants a, a constantine hbo max show yeah and um what are you doing with i'm that just i'm just contouring my leg to see if i can make it look more muscular and i kind of can like this shit don't quit trickley was right damn okay work so sorry yeah i'm using the wet and wild foundation sticks they're really inexpensive and they fucking cover like crazy good for good for playing around with basically um so it's one of these things where it's like we will talk more i think about the whole issue with dc and it's like it's like i want to wait till the end of it also because we're already coming up on one minute 15 one hour one yeah, yeah you know what i mean one one hour 15 so it's kind of like eh, we can save this for for when it's all but over listen and to I, me listen to me dc's legends of tomorrow if you decide to do that plot, I suggested, where Zari, who is fucking sort of consumed Ow. by grief, creates her own dark version of herself in the same way, and you use that as a retread of this plot, so you can also showcase what you would have done with John's plot had you not been cut off by DC Comics, 
I will not sue you. I won't. Okay? It, Take this to court. I won't sue you. For that. Please do it. Do it. Do it or you're gay. Do it or you're gay. Um, it's one of these things, too, where actually, thank you for reminding me of Zari, because that is kind of the thing where I want to talk about this here. It's, it's, you know how we've joked in multiple episodes about Anna Karen Yang, mm-hmm. the plot, and just telling you the thing at the start, and then mm-hmm. you know it, and then it's horrible? This is that coming back to bite us in the ass, because it is so fucking horrible watching all this stuff happen with Zari, knowing how it's going to end. It is so fucking painful, because mm-hmm. she doesn't deserve it, and because Tala is giving her all to having Zari fall in love in such a genuine and real way. It is so goddamn fucking sad. I cannot believe you motherfuckers actually Anna Karaninas. You son of a bitch. I you also, fuckers. I will say, it is actually... I. I'm not sure I'm going to give this to Legends or not, because it could be, this could be clever. I hate to, I hate to give Legends anything, but. This could end up being clever, which is that, um, Zari and John, because basically <gasps> what Legends has established in their, in their version of Constantine, which I have actually really liked, is that the trench coat Constantine, who they also use to showcase the dark Constantine, is an act in the same way that the famous dragon girl is an act for Zari. Yes. And in that way, John and Zari are mirrors. And that's kind of what also means. That's why they work together so well because they fundamentally understand each other on that level. Yes. And so we know that all of John's love interests are always doomed, but with Zari, they can't do that. And so it's, almost interesting where i'm like are they gonna play up that mirror angle more where it's almost like she's she's literally constantine in this situation yes where i would love to see them play that angle of like not just like oh i lost him and i'm sad but like the similarity of losing him like he has lost so many other people that i would really that could really hit um next week is the Maisie directed episode. I don't know if we're going to see Charlie or Amaya at all. God, please. I'm fucking please, begging on hands and please, knees. I am please, begging. Please, I will please, do anything. Please, 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 please. We're God. so tired. Um, and so next week, uh, Evil John and Bishop, which also I kind of think it's fun that they were like, Tala is in the relationship with Matt on screen. So let's let Tala's husband and Matt also kind of have a weird thing on screen where I'm like, there's something I need to know. I mean, legitimately guys, but I also think it's, I mean, legends is one of those shows where knowing the actors and knowing how they all interact actually enhances the enjoyment of the show. Yes. Because even though I'm like, Oh, I don't love this plot line. I'm like, I actually think it's really clever. To have the actors who play love interests, then one of them plays opposite their actual partner. Yes, I I think think that's adorable. Um, It's a good way of utilizing the relationships. And Matt Ryan also notably did that for Brandon and Courtney. So I guess we just know what his part is on this show. I mean, truly. All right, two two fucking episodes left. We will be doing a live for the finale. Yeah. Um, and I will post about it when we get dates down for ourselves. Um, that's about all for this week. Oh, and also, listen, just sort of a uh, uh, last last notes, which is like last notes. It's really not surprising that people are going to be shitty about other people being addicts on Al Gore's internet. Like during Laurel's alcoholism plotline, of course, everybody was completely fucking awful about it. Of course, 
people are going to be, and it's never because of the character or their addiction itself. It's because, oh, this character is taking time away from my ship. And it can be very disheartening to see. And I just want you to know if you do see that, that is not how the whole, especially if you see that and you're someone who is struggling, that is not how the whole world feels. That is not what you are going to be faced with. There are ways to get help. Absolutely. And it's okay to need to try again. It's okay to And it's relapse. okay to try as many times as you want. Many times Always as it keep takes. trying. That's, that's the bottom line is always keep trying. It is not your fault for being an addict, which is a common and horrible sentiment I see on Al Gore's internet. Not even just with fictional characters, but just... With real people in a way that I hate. It is not your fault for being an addict. No, God. It is not your fault for relapsing, and you don't deserve to not have love or housing or food, or, medical, or care. medical care, or a job, or anything everybody else has access to because you are an addict. Um, and that's all she wrote. Yeah, all right. See I'll you next week. See you next week. Bye! Bye!